Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Okay, we're going to read all of chapter 12. It's only 14 verses. It's such an incredible verse, uh, passage, as he wraps up all of the book. Uh, look at this passage. I love how Solomon wraps this all up. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the big screen. This is what it says. Remember your who? Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain and the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop and the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the window grow dim when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of the grinding fades when people rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire is no longer stirred, then people go to the eternal home and mourners go about the streets. What he's been saying for the last few verses, remember God before you get really old. Basically, that's what he's saying. Remember God before you get really, really old. Verse 6, remember him before the silver cord is severed. And the golden bow is broken before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel is broken at the well. And the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and he searched out the incense in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like golds. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now, verse 13. Now, all has been heard. In other words, he's already written the whole book. We, we've read through all of Ecclesiastes. It's an amazing book. He goes, okay, you've heard it all. He goes, I'm going to wrap it up this way. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil whether it is good or evil. As we wrap up this series today, I want to talk to you part five of our What is Life series. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Today, I want to talk to you out of the subject, everything matters. Everything matters. Come on, why don't you look at three, four people around you and tell them everything matters. Everything. Come on, come on. Can you shake your neighbor and tell them everything matters? Come on, come on. High five, three people around you. Tell them everything matters. 
I pray that if this is your first or second time with us, that you would feel welcome, you would feel at home. At Calvary, we just believe we're just a big, big family. We're not a big church. We're a small church with a whole lot of people. And I pray that you feel at home and that you feel comfortable. I feel comfortable because I have somebody with a Barcelona jersey right in the front row. It is my man, Eric. And I just feel like this is such a godly church. There's godly people sitting up front, and uh, it's amazing. And I believe today is going to be... I know a lot of people said they didn't care about soccer. Uh, today's game is basically the Super Bowl of soccer. And the best team is going to play called Barcelona with the best player in the world called Messi. And so it's just going to be an incredible, incredible game. Let's pray because God loves Messi. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this 9 a.m. service. I mean, the 11 a.m. service. Thank you for today in the morning, the 9 a.m. Thank you for the 1 p.m. Thank you for the 7 p.m. tonight down in our Winwood campus. God, thank you for what you're doing in this family, in this community of faith. Thank you for compassion. Thank you for the work that they're doing around the world to help millions of kids, God, get educations and meals, go to school and break out of extreme poverty. Thank you that our church today, we can be a part of something special today, God, that we can step out and make a global impact. God, thank you for this church. Have your way today. If anybody walked in discouraged, I pray that you encourage them, lift up their heads, have your way in their life. Jesus, we thank you and we love you and we pray that Messi will score three goals today and that Barcelona will win the best team. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say Oh, come on, all of God's people say, Amen. come on, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Anybody in here enjoy working out, working out? Come on, any fitness people? Come on. Ah, a lot more at the 11 a.m. than 9 a.m. It's the healthier crowd. Has anybody ever worked out in like a hot environment? I'm talking about like, like a sauna type room. Come on. If you've worked out, Vic, you have. In a, okay. There, there, I don't know if, you, if you've ever heard of a thing called hot yoga right? You do yoga in what feels like hell, right? It's like hell type hot. I, I, I think that there's a cycling class that you do also in heat, right? They turn off the lights and you're just cycling till you pass out, basically. It's just hot, a hot room, right? This past week, a pastor was in town and he invited me to work out with him. And it was in, um, again, because I love working out. So I was like, sure, I'll go with you. And, um, we, we went to one of these rooms where it was extreme. It's like a sauna. It literally is like a sauna. We were going to do different types of workouts in that room. And so he's like, Alex, why don't you come work out with me? And I said, absolutely. Why not? God bless you, brother. And uh, we, we went to work out. And when we went, it was this really, really hot room. Like it literally feels like hell. I already walk in there and I'm like, Christians aren't supposed to be here. This isn't from God. It's not, this does not feel healthy. It does not feel right. And uh, at the beginning, we were just doing some stretching, right? At the beginning, we were just doing some stretching exercises. And no lie, within 30 seconds, I was already sweating. Like sweating. How many know sweat is not from God? That's not what God made at the Garden of Eden. That is not right. Your body's not supposed. And like five minutes in, it looked like we had jumped in a pool. Like this, this is how hot it was. Now, now this was bad. Now, now, you're supposed to work out for an hour and a half in there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly my reaction, right? Exactly, right there. They, they actually don't put a, a clock in the room so that nobody knows how long, so the class feels fast and all that. But, but, but I was right by the hallway. <laughs> and, and by the hallway, there was a clock down in the hallway where if you looked a certain way, you could see what time it is. And so I just stayed really close to the hallway because I wanted to know what time it is to make sure I was still going to be alive on time, right? And so... So I stayed by there. We start working out, and, and somewhere along the workout, it felt like I had already done about an hour and 10 minutes. I start looking at the clock. I get really close to the, to the hallway, and I start looking at the clock, and it, it, it had told me that only half an hour had gone by. 
Now, I, I was like, no, wait, that, that clock is not working. That clock is not functioning. I was already feeling dehydrated. I was dizzy. Everything was fuzzy. It was blurry. I was like, oh, my God, this is not for me. I literally felt like walking out and just getting a breath of fresh air. Like, it was already getting hot. There was a bunch of vapor in the room. It was extremely, like, it felt muggy. Uh, somebody told me, did it smell musty? Yes, exactly. I said, it's a whole bunch of sweaty bodies in a room, okay? Yeah, some of your face reactions, that was my face, okay? You could just imagine. Can you imagine the smell in that room after about 45 minutes to an hour? There you go. Exactly. So I was like, oh, God, I'm getting out of here. This is not your will. This is not your plan for my life. This is not God's plan. And so I, I'm like, how can half an hour only go by? Like, it feels like I've been here an eternity long. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. Before my next workout, I was like, I'm just going to walk around. And I'm going to tell him straight up, like, hey, I'm not doing this. I'm not finishing this. Judge me if you want. I'll judge you right back, but I'm leaving. <laughs> But I said, I'm going to look at the clock one more time. And when I looked, thank God, I really actually had only 10 minutes left. I don't know what it was, all the sweat of my eyes. I don't know what it was, but I couldn't see it. But I only had 10 minutes left. Now, the thing was, the entire class, I found out, I found myself looking at the clock. I was more focused on what I should not be focused on than what I should have been focused on, right? How many know that if you don't do form properly while working out, you can get injured, right? That's why I stopped working out because nobody wants to get injured, right? But if your form is not correct, you got to be focused on the important thing, not the non-important thing. I think life, life can be confusing, life can be difficult, life can be hard, and all of a sudden we can find ourselves not focused on the most important thing. Life will present challenges to each and every single one of us, and all of a sudden we will take our eyes off what is most important and we'll look at the things that are least important, right? Because life, how many know that life can be full of surprises, right? Like life will surprise. How many know life is full of blessings, but it's also full of struggles, right? There's a lot of ups in life, but how many know there's also a lot of downs in life? It's a lot of good times in life, but there's also a lot of bad times in life. And you're going to be presented with struggles. All of a sudden, life will surprise you. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, life is more confusing than I thought. Here's the problem that when life throws all these confusing, challenging, difficult things at you, you will take your eyes off the most important thing and you'll start to live for the wrong things. We'll start to live for the wrong thing. All of a sudden, we'll start living for money, right? We think that money is the thing that we should be after. We'll, we'll chase that. I'm going to chase money every single day of my life because that's what I think is most important, right? Or we'll start chasing power. I'm going to start chasing power because I, I think that if people know me, if I get a little bit of status, if I get a little bit of fame, that's what's really important in life. Or I'll start chasing success. I just want to be really successful in life. If I can gain everything I can while I'm in this life, then I'm going to chase some of that. Or we'll start, we'll start chasing pleasure. I just want to please all of my senses. I'm going to go on the best vacations, buy the best things I can, date as many people as I can, because I'm just going to chase pleasure, right? Now, 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 none of these things are necessarily bad in and of themselves. Some of these things are actually good, right? But they are not God. They're good things, but they're not God. And all of a sudden, when a good thing becomes a God thing, it turns into a bad thing. 
Because all of a sudden we are chasing things that we shouldn't be chasing. They shouldn't be the first priority of our life, right? You shouldn't be chasing those things. The only thing worth chasing in life is God who created us, the God who made us, the God who knows us, the God that invites us into a relationship. He's saying, come, get to know me. We should be chasing God. Because we can chase things and we may never get what we want or we can chase God and we will always have what we need. Right? What are we going to be chasing in life? And we've learned throughout the series that literally what it's saying is that life is but a vapor. Make sure you're focused on the right thing. If I can tell you today something is that life is fleeting. Make sure that you're living with meaning. Life goes by really quick. Make sure you're living for the most important thing. And soon you'll find out that everything that we do in life actually matters. Right? We've been reading the book of Ecclesiastes about Solomon. Solomon was a king who had everything you can imagine. And Solomon is telling us his experience through life. And Solomon is saying that he set out to seek everything that you can imagine. I mean, he did everything. He went after all the pleasure in the world. He had, I think, 500 wives, 300 concubines, 100,000 mother-in-laws that nobody can keep up with. Right? He had all the money in the world, the biggest palaces, all the money, the best gardens. He had everything, all the success, all the fame. And, and Solomon says, I've chased the wrong things. I, I focused on the things that are least important. He said, I've been going and chasing after everything that you can imagine, and nothing seems to satisfy my soul. Often throughout the book, what he says is, hey, I, I, it's all chasing the wind. I've chased the wind. Literally, what that means through a Hebrew translation is that he's tried to herd the wind. In other words, he's tried to control the wind. How many know you can't control the wind? Right. He said, I've tried to control life. I've tried to go out and set out to get everything I can, and I've realized that it's all vanity, vanity under the sun. Meaningless, meaningless. You can easily read through the book of Ecclesiastes and be like, whoa, thank you, Solomon, for depressing my life, right? Like, wow, this is tough. But there's actually a lot of wisdom in this book, and that's why we decided to read through it. He's saying, hey, everything under the sun. Under the sun is a term that he also uses a lot throughout the book. He says, everything under the sun is meaningless. Now, we said, it's not that it doesn't have meaning. The real translation is that it's hevel or that it's smoke, is that it's vapor. Right? It appears solid. It appears that you can grasp it. But in reality, when you try to grab it, it's going to disappear. Right? So Solomon is saying, hey, I set out to get all the money in the world. I set out to get all the pleasure in the world. I set out to get all the fame in the world. But everything was smoke. It's a vapor. It's a mere breath. And when I went to grab it, it disappears. It just became vapor in my hands. And I realized that it doesn't, money, it doesn't matter how much money I have. One day it's going to disappear. It doesn't matter how much fame I get. One day somebody's going to forget me. Doesn't matter how much pleasure I get, it only lasts for a few. Right? And he says, everything is vapor, everything is smoke. And so we get to chapter 12, right? What we just read. We get to chapter 12, the end of the book, and he begins to say, Remember God in the days of your youth, right? That's how he begins chapter 12. Remember God in the days of your youth. He says, Before the days of trouble come. What does that mean? He says, Before you get really old. <laughs> All right? Or how it's like we like to say in this church, before you get really advanced in age. It's not that you're old, you're very advanced. <laughs> hey, you're pretty old. No, I'm advanced in age. If anybody tells you you're old, tell them, no, I'm just advanced. Right? And so Solomon, beginning of chapter 12, right, what we just read, he says, hey, before the days of trouble come, he says, because one day he begins to describe and he, and he just uses metaphors. He says, hey, your legs one day are not going to be as strong. One day you're not going to squat all that weight that you squat inside that sauna room, Right? 
One day you're not going to be able to bench press everything you bench pressed when you were in high school. How many know that we can get old really quick? Not a lot of people want to say amen to that. <laughs> old? You call yourself old. I'm not old, right? But life is fleeting. Life will fly by in a second. And Solomon is saying, hey, remember God while you're young because one day your hands are going to be tired. One day your legs, they're going to grow tired. One day, he says, your hair is going to be white if you still have hair left. The other day I looked in the mirror and I had four white hairs in my beard. And I was like, oh my God, Diana, I'm dying, right? And she, she actually likes it. So I said, hey, girl, come on. <laughs> Bring all the white hair. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, when did I get white hair? Like, come on, like, I, I feel like I'm still 20 years old. I'm 34, and I know it, it seems young, but life is going by fast. And he says, one day you're going to get old. Solomon is saying, remember God while you're young. In other words, remember God while you still have life. Because one day everything is going to stop functioning. One day everything is going to come to an end. I read recently, you know when you're old is when you bite a piece of steak and your teeth stay in the steak. <laughs> so corny. I know. I don't even want to say it. Right? But one day, and literally that's what Solomon's talking about. He says when the grinders stop, literally what he's talking about is your teeth. One day you won't have teeth to bite into that churrasco the way you used to when you were young. One day you're not going to have the strength. One day you're not going to have the eyesight. He says they'll grow dim. And he says, remember God while you're young. In other words, seek God while you're young. Take advantage. Walk with him. Get to know him. Worship him. Lift him up. You got air in your lungs. Come on, that's air to lift up his name. You got strength in your veins. Come on, that's strength to lift up his name. Come on, listen. Seek God. Go after God while you have all the days of your life. Worship and go after him. Don't forget God. Don't get to a point in life where all of a sudden your life is coming to an end and you regret some of the things that you've done or you regret some of the things that you haven't done. All of a sudden, Solomon goes from under the sun to realizing there's light beyond the sun. And the light beyond the sun comes from God the creator. First thing I think we got to realize today is that we need to seize opportunities. Life will go by really quick. Life is going to go by in just a moment. And Solomon say, hey, take advantage of everything right now. How many people by their deathbed says, I wish I would have spent more time with so-and-so. I wish I would have talked more with so-and-so. I wish I would have spent more time with my son. I wish I would have spent more time with my daughter. I wish I would have spent more time with my wife. I wish I would have invested my money a little bit different. I wish I would have seized opportunities a little bit more. So I was talking to a pastor sometime last year. This is a pastor who's just lived a, a, a phenomenal life, right? He's older. He's, he's more advanced, actually, more advanced in age and <laughs> has built an incredible church. I mean, close to like 40,000 people. And recently, a couple years ago, he lost his wife to cancer. And uh, we were able to sit down with him for a dinner and just, just listening to him. I was just sitting right across him and just listening. And he was talking about the days when his wife passed away from cancer. And, and people just started asking him, how would you get through those days? What are some thoughts that you had through those days? And he says he remembers about a week, two weeks after his wife passed, and he says, you know, one of the things I really, really regret is that I wish I would have danced with my wife a little bit more. I wish I would have held hands with her a little bit more. We were going down the shopping mall, and we were just walking around town. I wish I would have appreciated her a little bit more. 
And he says, don't get me wrong, marriage was awesome. We had a phenomenal marriage. But it's those little things that you don't want to get back and say, yeah, I want to enjoy everything that God has given me right now. Seize opportunity. Solomon's saying, life is going to go by quick. Remember God when you're young. Oh, we've been talking about life. We've been talking about what's the meaning of life. And he says, what's the meaning of life? Enjoying everything that God has given you right now. It is a gift from God. It is a blessing from God. You have air in your lungs. You have a family. You have a spouse. You have a roof over your head. You have shoes on your feet. Come on, that's a blessing from God. Seize every opportunity. Don't wait till you're old with gray hair or no hair to say, I wish I could have. I should have done something. He's saying, do it right now while you're alive. Seize every opportunity to bring God glory. In other words, do something meaningful with your life. Do something great with your life that will bring God glory while you're still alive. Remember God. Life is not about chasing money. Life is not about chasing success. Life is not about chasing fame. Take advantage of the time that you have now to walk with your creator. Right? Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. Look what Paul says. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. Right? Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I... I actually have somebody that I need to forgive. I haven't talked to this person in a long time. I have something. I have this grudge against this person. I need to talk to this person. I'll do it tomorrow. Solomon's saying, don't wait till tomorrow. Do it right now. Seize every opportunity. Seize the day. Today, if you, if you have something against somebody, if, if you want to tell somebody how much you love them, come on, why don't you pick up a phone and say, you know what, I'd rather tell you today, hey, I love you. I'm sorry if I ever hurt you. I want to make sure that we're good. He says, seize every opportunity that you have. You want to spend some time with your son? Don't wait till next Saturday. Cancel every plan you have and say, you know what? I'm going to spend time with my wife, with my husband, with my son, with my daughter. I'm going to go out with my family. What are you doing with what God has given you right now? Seize every single opportunity. What are you doing with the time God has given you? Everybody has the same time. Everybody has 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Nobody gets one extra. What are you doing with the time that God has given you? He says, do the most with your time. Do the most with your money. Do the most with your gifts. Do the most with your resources. He says, oh, because this is the duty of man. At the end of the day, he says, I've seen it all. I've done it all. I had the roller coaster in my house. I had the Chipotle in my house. I had the best gardeners. I had everything you can imagine. I had the Yeezys. I had all that, right? And Solomon says, this is what I know, that we are to fear God and we are to obey his commandments. He says, this is the purpose of man. This is the duty of man, to seize every opportunity. I think the second thing we need to know is that we are to live responsibly. Live responsibly. He's saying, I want you to live your life fearing God. Now, now a lot of us, we hear fearing God, and we think, well, does that mean I got to live scared of God? Does that mean I got to go through life like I'm afraid of God? I can't get close to God? No, fearing God literally means to know that God is in every single moment of your everyday life. To be aware that he's with us, to be aware that he walks with us, that means every single decision that you make in life, know that God is with you. You will walk with a lot more wisdom, he's saying. All of a sudden, your choices will be different. All of a sudden, the way you carry yourself will be different. You're walking with the fear of God. Wait a minute, God has blessed me. God is with me. I'm going to live responsibly. Solomon is saying, you want to enjoy life? Enjoy your life, right? He's told us throughout the whole book, enjoy a good meal, go out to eat with somebody, enjoy a good drink, have fun, enjoy your family, but do it responsibly because one day we're going to be accountable before God. Whoa. God has given us responsibilities with the blessings that he's given us. 
And he says, one day we're all going to be held accountable. Live with the fear of God. God, wait a minute, you, you've given me time. Am I just making the most of my time, but am I being responsible with my time? All right? Oh, I just don't go to work and work for an employee. I'm going to be the best employee there. I'm going to make sure I work all 40 hours. I'm going to make sure I'm an example. I'm going to make sure I bring glory to God in my workplace. I'm going to make sure they know there's something different about because I work with the fear of God. Anybody with me? Oh, I just didn't marry somebody. I just don't have a spouse. No, wait a minute. God blessed me to have a wife. God blessed me to have a husband. I'm going to treat them right. I'm going to love them. I'm going to honor them. I'm going to live responsible. I'm going to make sure that I speak words of grace over them. I'm going to make sure that my marriage is flourishing because I'm going to put in work. I'm not going to wait, wait for greatness to happen. I'm going to work for greatness to happen. I'm going to invest in my marriage. I'm going to be responsible because I live with the fear of God. Oh, God has given you kids. You call them knuckleheads. He calls them angels. <laughs> Right? What are you doing with the kids that God has given you? Right? Are you instructing them in the way of the Lord? Are you teaching them the ways of life? Are you telling them, hey, this is the way that you were created, that God made you with a purpose and with a plan, and that he knows you since you were in your mother's womb? He says, live, respond, fear God with everything that you have. Right? Because one day, it says that God is going to clear up the Havel. One day, he's going to clear up the smoke, and he's going to hold us accountable for the way we lived. Lived responsibly. Oh, you've been blessed with money? Uh, nobody wants me to go to the money topic. It got real quiet real quick. Oh, you've been blessed with money? What are you doing with the money God has given you? Are we wasting it? Are we splurging? Are we spending? Popping tags at the mall? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but are you also being a blessing? Because we've been blessed to be a blessing. Right? One day, God has said, live responsibly, because I'm going to hold you accountable. Right? There's people in this room that you have gifts, you have talents on the inside of you. Right? God's spirit is all over you and you know you have a ministry on the inside of you. You know you have a calling on the inside of you. There's a dream, there's a goal on the inside of you. What are you doing with what God has placed on the inside of you? Live responsibly. Make sure you're making the most of your time and that you're fearing God saying, God, you blessed me. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you can preach. Maybe you can teach. Have you joined Dream Team? Have you started to make a difference? Because God is going to hold us accountable. Fear God, he says. Live responsible. How are you living your life? Right, and also he told us this in the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. And the old Proverbs says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to know how to live? Fear God. What does this mean? Just know that God is in every moment. Know that God is giving you every blessing in your hand. Know that God has given you a family. Know that God has given you a spouse. Know that God has given you children. Know that God has given you gifts, talents. Know that God has given you everything that has gone through your hands. And if you fear God, you walk in wisdom. If we're unaware that God is in every moment, then we're going to live however we want to live. And then we're no longer walking in wisdom, we're walking in man's understanding. Right? If we're unaware that God is in every moment, you're going to make choices based on the choices you want to make. Right? I'm going to do whatever I want, I'm going to chase whatever I want, and all of a sudden we'll realize that we're after the wrong things. He says, make sure you walk with God in mind. Actually, what he's holding us to at the end of Ecclesiastes is to a level of accountability. He's saying because everything in your life begins to matter. It's not that everything is meaningless. It's not that everything has meaning. What God has given you under the sun is going to reflect one day beyond the sun. What are you doing with what God has given you? Seize every opportunity. 
Make sure that we're living responsibly. And third and finally, I think that we need to obey entirely. Solomon gets to the end of the book and he says, this is the duty of man. Right? This is, in other words, when he says this is the duty of man in the Hebrew, that literally means this is man's all. This is the purpose of humanity is what Solomon's saying. He's saying it is to fear God and to obey his commandments. You want to know what the purpose of life is? To fear God and to obey his commandments. Alex, but what am I here? Why did God create me? What am I supposed to do in life? Fear God and obey his commandments. A lot of us were aware of God, but we don't want to obey God. Hello. A lot of us, we know God's word, but we don't want to do what God tells us in his word. Right? And so, so a lot of us, we've been coming to church probably for the last year, two years. Some of us have probably been coming to church for the past 10 years. Can we be honest? Some of us in here have probably been in church for the last 30, 40 years. And we know a whole lot about God. We, God, we go to church every week. God, I sing your praises. I love that song. <laughs> then sings my soul, my favorite one, right? I give my tithings. I give my 10%, God. And God's at the end of the day saying, what I don't want, I don't want more sacrifice. I actually want more obedience. He actually says obedience is better than sacrifice. He says, I actually want you to obey me. Solomon says, at the end of my life, I don't care about the things I've chased. I've been focusing on the wrong things. I went after money. I went after fame. I went after pleasure. I went after all these things. When all God asked of me is to obey him. Today, I wonder if some of us can begin to obey God in the small things. Then actually we'll realize what is life. Life is all about knowing God, enjoying God, and obeying God. That God has given us every good gift. That God has blessed us. That today we're alive because that's a blessing from God. That today we're here because it's a blessing from God. I'm going to live with that realization. And I'm also going to realize that he's called me just to obey him in the small things. Come on, with every eye closed and every head bowed. All across this place. Preach a little bit shorter today because we have a compassion moment coming up. But with every eye closed and every head bowed all across this place. I really would love to extend an invitation first to anybody that maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. Maybe you've been coming for a while and maybe somebody invited you today for the first time and you're saying, Alex, the last thing that I have is a relationship with God. I don't even know if God wants anything to do with me. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, yeah, what is life? I don't understand it all. I've been confused. I've chased the wrong things. The most important and the first thing is a relationship with God. That's literally what it means to fear God, just to have a relationship with him, to live with him. And maybe you're saying, Alex, I don't live with God. I'm far from God. I've done some things that I think God wants nothing to do with me. That's probably true. But the beautiful thing about God is that he wants everything to do with you. This is the gospel that God knows what we've done. God knows that we've fallen short, yet he loves us still. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all failed. We've all fallen short of God's standard. The Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes, all of our sins. And he says, I know you're not perfect. I know you've messed up. He says, but I want to grab all of your sins and I want to put it on me. The Bible says that Jesus grabbed the sins of humanity. All of our mistakes, all of our errors, all of our flaws. Jesus carried it on his shoulders, went up on a cross. And the Bible says that Jesus paid for the penalty of our sins. You and I can never pay for our sins. So Jesus paid it for us.
The Bible says that Jesus died there on that cross. Then he went down into a grave. The Bible says that Jesus was dead for three days, but after three days, he defeated sin and death for me and for you. Jesus, he's alive today. He's the hope that you're looking for. He's the peace that you've been searching for. Today, I would love to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with God. He's waiting for you. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you did last month, last year. Maybe you think nobody knows. God knows, but he loves you still. I'm going to ask the entire church with eyes closed and head bowed. In a moment of privacy, we can have every eye closed, every head bowed. If the entire church can just begin to pray, whether you're in the auditorium or in the additional seating, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And if you say, Alex, I need God in my life. If you say, Alex, I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to start to live this way. I want to fear God and obey his commandments. I want to live with God. I want to walk with God. I want to talk with God. Today, I want to start brand new. Today, God is offering forgiveness. He can wipe your clay sling. Today, he can give you a brand new start. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for just a second. Nobody looking around. Between you and God, just hold up your hand just for a few seconds. If you're saying, Alex, that's me. I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to start brand new. If that's you at the count of three, raise your hand. I'll see you, and then you can put it right back down. Hands already going up. One, two, three, all across this place. In the auditorium, in the additional seating, on Facebook Live. Hold it up. Hold it up just for a few seconds. I see you. 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 God bless 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 you. I see you. I see you back there. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you up here in the front. God bless you. God bless you up here to my right hand. God bless you in this additional seating as well. We got host team back there. Just hold your hand up as high as you can. Amazing. Amazing. You can put it back down. Father, we thank you so much for every single person that's making a decision today. God, we pray that you seal this moment with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I'm going to say a simple prayer. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed, if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me with all of your heart. With everything that you got in you, repeat this prayer after me. Say it out loud. We're talking to God. In fact, the entire church, we're going to say it together. Let's say it together as a family. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you rose again. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, church, can we give them a big, big hand?